Well, the Sharks decide to come up a little bit short in that third period. It could have been worse, but it uh, definitely could have been better as they drop their first meeting ever to the Seattle Kraken. Myself and Al Martinet will be checking out all that action and some uh, disturbing trends uh, on the horizon. That and more on this edition of Teal Town After Dark. But first, if you want to be a part of the show, check us out on all the social media channels, that being the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the YouTube chat. We've also got the SoundCloud, the Reddit, and all the shenanigans going down in the Discord. Check us out on all the social plus everything else on tealtownusa.com. Well, I'd be happy to be joined by Al Martinet uh, this evening going over this particular one. And Al, I mean, quickly, wide brush thoughts. What just uh, Sharks coming up short in that third period, but kind of making some lazy and lackadaisical plays. What for me? Yeah, I mean, um, I thought for a good 40 minutes, the Sharks had most of the grade A opportunities, but um by the fact that they didn't cash in on those chances they kind of kept the kraken in it and uh, you know give kraken the credit they really had the, the best third period uh compared to the sharks but um this was a game the sharks should have had and they just kind of let it slip by yeah i couldn't uh, have put it any more succinctly than that uh starting off on this game tonight we had james reimer in net versus uh chris drieger and, uh, you know, you thought maybe the uh, the goaltending was going to play a little bit of a, of a role here. But it it not only did that, but it did more and through those first two periods. And that first period uh, where there was no scoring, but the shots on goal were 11 to 8 in favor of Seattle. The Sharks, in my opinion, kind of looking a little flat kind of coming out. It seemed like they were um, waiting. The Sharks were kind of waiting into the into the period, kind of seeing what style Seattle was going to bring. Um, to me, it was definitely a style that was pushing the, um, the dump and chase. Um, they seemed physical, but I wouldn't say overtly physical. Um, and, you know, they tried to do a lot of crash and mang plays. Very, very typical from, uh, you know, a team that's kind of just starting to come together. So very simple yeah. game plan. Um, and I mean, Al, what did you think was just working for the Kraken in that first period? I mean, for the Kraken, their strength is their defense. They have a really solid blue line. Um, their goaltending, it's kind of iffy. Um, I know they had the backup in tonight, but... Um, you know, getting Grubauer from Colorado was probably a steal in my book, but their big weakness is just who's going to score for them consistently. Um, and this is a sort of a team that if you get, you know, one goal ahead, it kind of changes the, the basics for what they're going to do going forward. And if they do get a lead, it just plays right into their hand. Um, luckily the Sharks you know, it made they made it one two, but like that was off of a lucky bounce that, you know, Couture was there, but he and he cashed in. Um, but also just 
you're playing if you're not going to take advantage advantage of your opportunities uh, in the first 20 to 40 minutes um, you're really just letting one of your Pacific rivals or Pacific no not a rival at this point but Pacific teams uh, stay in a division rival yeah not yet it's only one point bet in one game. I mean, within the division. But yeah, no, I, I definitely understand. You know, I think it was definitely a, a wasted opportunity. Um, you know, one, I think, to really show, just kind of dictate the terms of how these interactions are going to go between the Sharks and the Kraken. And you really wanted to see the Sharks, you know, establish some good uh, territorial presence even in that first period. And and again, it just seemed like a team that was waiting for the play to be dictated to them, um, you know, and they didn't really seem to put their game plan to to work there. And, and normally, you know, when the Sharks are rolling, we see a lot of those high point shots. We see a lot of traffic in front of the net. Um, you know, one line that kind of stood out for me um, in that first period, though, was Hurdle's line. He seemed to be able to generate quite a few um, offensive chances. Um, and Benino's line looked pretty decent as well. But the yeah. Couture line, uh, just just brutal. And, and I also think that the... Um, that the Gadjevich um, <clears throat> Peterson line was also a little rough to watch. And I think we're starting to see a little bit, and, and I don't know um, if you're kind of of this opinion too, but you know we've now been in back-to-back games where the Sharks have only scored, um, what, three goals in two games. And I think a little bit of the uh, lack of depth here is starting to show with, with – both Balsers and LeBanc, uh, you know, coming out of the lineup, both, both being injured. So I, mean, I think it's starting to manifest itself a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the big criticism with Hill is that, like, he's been decent, but the team hasn't given enough goal support. Um, and eventually, eventually, Reimer was going to have those type of games. Now, Reimer's been great. Like, there's no, I, I don't think this is a, you can put anything on him for that. I think the goals that he let in, like, the, first goal in the third period where the puck goes off Simic completely not his fault but um you know even the second goal I mean the, the the second goal you know they were in the you know the Sharks were now kind of going into that scramble mode you know where they're doing a lot of offensive pinches um and it's high risk high reward time because you know by that the time that we get to there and um we will get to it in, in a second um but I think at that point, you know, the, the team had already started to resign to its fate. And I think that they kind of left uh, Reimer out to dry on that second one, too. But going through the second period, so we go through the first period uh, scoreless. And then going into the second period, um, I thought that the team did a good job in rebounding. I thought that they had um, a lot more jump to their game. Um, but to me, Al, th- there was lack of finish, especially because we didn't get any goals. But the other thing that kind of I started noticing and it really crept into the game into that third period was the lazy shift changes. I was seeing guys out on the ice, two minutes, two minutes, 30 seconds, Mario Ferraro, I'm circling you on this one. Um, You know, Eric Carlson over two minutes in stretches. Um, and, And to me, that's the epitome of the lazy playing. Right. And, and, and you could start to see that the team started to sag after those guys took extended shifts 
um, and especially in their own defensive zone because it got they got hemmed. And I think really in that second period is where the Kraken started to be a little bit more physical. And I think that they started to to wear down the guys and, and keep them out there, which I think ultimately won them the game in the third. I mean, um, if you look at just how the game flow was, I mean, when the Kraken were up 2 nothing, and there was that stretch where Hurdle, Eric Carlson, Ferraro, like those guys were on the ice for, again, two minutes straight because they couldn't get the puck out of their own zone. Uh, some of that, I think, was just frustration. Um, we keep on talking about their missed opportunities. Like, I'll go just go back to the first period again. Like, Eric Carlson had a decent shot, like, to get a point shot from the point and instead he throws the puck across to the blue line giving it basically to the Kraken player and you have a two-on-one that could have given you a 1-0 Kraken lead about five or six minutes into the first period yeah and like I felt really set the that set the that set the pace didn't it I mean like and the thing that most annoys me is like when the Sharks start to get really fancy because they have the talent and like you know, Eric Carlson's been really good for the past, let's just say the past ten games. But when yeah. he's being super flashy, like I get it, we're paying him like a superstar, and he's supposed to be. But like when he keeps things simple, like the last, like when he's been on this couple of stretches, like I just want him to shoot the puck, and that's what he's been doing. Yeah, and it's like, why now are you starting to defer and becoming a little trigger shy? And and like you were saying on that two on one, I. I, I remember it as well. It, it just seemed like he passed up a really good opportunity to put the puck on the net. And and I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a little bit of like overconfidence, right? I think he's now in the feeling the good mojo, the points are coming or whatever. So, you know, now he wants to try and start doing the dazzle moves and stuff. And it's like, look, you know, you're doing good right now. You're, you're, you're um, at least partially you know, bringing, you know, the statistics now to back the contract. Don't don't reinvent the wheel here, dude. You know, just keep to your game and and continue to put the puck on the net. And, and I know that, you know, his his first instinct is to naturally dazzle. But I think you got to start to understand that if you guys are going to go somewhere, it's going to be playing within a system. Um, I mean, like even ex- like excusing that like blunder in the first, like the Sharks still were pretty good in the second period. Outside and, of the power play, and and I wanted yeah. to I wanted to go over that because, um, you know, we've been talking about the the special teams now, you know, oscillating between you know the penalty kill being very good to taking some stumbles and step backs, you know, to the Sharks not gaining a lot of power plays, and now all of a sudden they are. They had a couple you know, good games on the power play, but it just seems like this power play is still not able to take advantage of, of key opportunities. And, and by that, I mean, tonight they had one power play opportunity and and they, and that power play didn't look and and didn't understand that it, it was going to be a low penalty affair. I mean, they should have gotten that from the first period with the lack of whistles, but they didn't adapt and they didn't take advantage of that power play. And that left a real sour taste in my mouth. And and I don't know about you, but again, deferment to, to want to shoot the puck on net. This power mm-hmm. play is most dangerous when they're causing chaos in front of that net and getting the two big weapons from the back, putting that on net. Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, that's it. But 
Um, when I see the power play being really good is when the forwards start carrying the puck and they start actually shooting the puck there. Um, when the power play is at its worst is when, you know, no offense to Brent Burns and no offense to Eric Carlson, but like when they start to rely on that shot, of course the defense is going to, you know, basically shuffle the deck and basically wait for that point shot. And then you're going to get to create more opportunities for a shorthanded goal. That didn't happen tonight. But again, like, you know, we could not be, I mean, regardless of the power play and regardless of the first period, like, it could have been one nothing going into the third if, like, you know, I they forget executed. who. Yeah, if they executed. I mean, like, not even just that, but I forget who the Kraken player put his stick out. And oh, Larson. Stops the, yeah. Larson, yeah. Adam Larson, <laughs> thank you. Puts his stick out and just stops the puck like he just, like, knows he's going to shoot the puck. Like, um, you know, there's certain times when you're just not going to win, and I think that's was the case tonight, but... Um, I don't think tonight was a lack of effort tonight. Like I think no, know, Nieto no, I, was great, Bombardov was great. Um, I think it was just lack of execution mentally for me. That was kind of what I was seeing tonight. And, and yeah. I think the other thing too that I kind of hone in on is is the selfish play. I think tonight we saw a little bit of selfish play creep into the um, you know into the team. And and when this team is pulling on the rope in the same direction i think it can do a, it can do some really heavy lifting but tonight i felt that there were a lot of different guys that after that first period really thought that they were going to take it upon themselves to try and get the next goal instead of you know working on the um you know the dump and chase working on the chip um and you know i i, I just to me this is again that a team that needs to grow up a little bit <laughs> insofar as when things don't go your way, you need to still continue at the game plan. Don't don't try yeah. and in and, and defer when you've got a clean shot on that. I, I mean, we saw Timo, you know, defer a couple different times when he could have gotten that puck on net. Um, and so for me, that's that's when I, I start to highlight the lack of mental execution there. And, and that's what I saw. Um, yeah. It wasn't, you know, physicality. I mean, Shimmick played a hell of a game tonight. I thought Vlasic looked really decent tonight. I thought there were individual players that stood out in playing good games. And I think that that showed up through that defensive effort we saw through the first two periods. But they didn't give themselves... Um, because they didn't we're having we're not having puck luck tonight it just wasn't going their way you have to generate and manufacture your own puck luck and i felt like they weren't doing yeah. that part of it i mean i thought they did that decently for those first two periods but that third period i thought they were just winded and when the kraken got the first goal yeah it just fed right into their game style but like yeah um you know but even before the game you know, there was a bunch of lines switching or the, the classic line blender going on with Bob Budner where the bank was out because of a hit from the Dallas game. And, you know, early reports from the from some of the reporters is that he could potentially have surgery. And yeah, I think I think it was his shoulder. I think when he was going into the boards and he kind of rocked his shoulder kind of funky. And I, um, I don't want to play doctor, but it looked like shoulder maybe. Yeah, I didn't watch much of the Dallas game, but like, you know, even like LeBanc, who has been kind of demoted to the third and fourth line duties, um, 
you know, I'm glad he got his contract when he did because <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> uh, it's good to be him, right? <laughs> thankfully, he cashed in before that, but like, um, he's been one of the earlier disappointments for this team so far because you would have hoped, um, along with Timo, along with Hurdle, along the bank, that's your cornerstone you're building with, but, um, you have to be kind of worried where he's going down the line. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So now going into the third period, uh, you know, the the Kraken score six minutes in. And I'm just looking at it here. Unfortunately, the, the Sharks are tracking good into their own defensive zone. They get a little bit um, of a mix up with uh, Chimic kind of going back towards the net. The puck then is shot on net, rebounds really funky right off of Shimmick's shin into the net. Uh, Ryan Donato yeah. would get credit with that goal. Um, but, and that was Donskoy's 200th point. Yeah, Donskoy's 200th point. Um, but, yeah, the scoring play was Ryan Donato was sixth from Donskoy and Susie. And you saw, I think you visibly saw the team started to shrug their shoulders after that one because they kind of felt like they <laughs> had some really good chances, especially that Larson larceny on the goal line and um okay <laughs> and i think after they saw that puck luck just really not be in their favor they kind of i saw a collective letdown and and i think that 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 letdown was exactly feeding into the game plan that you had said uh al and in their they just try to keep it low scoring. They try to keep it really boring. And then once they do get the goal, then they start to kind of, you know, want to dictate play a little bit in the, in the offensive zone. And we saw that and Brandon Tenev then, you know, gets his ninth on the season geeky and uh, yarn croak and it made it two nothing. And all of a sudden the sharks are down two nothing with six minutes left. Um, the, the sharks pulled the goalie. And I think, Maybe the first time all season they've scored a goal with the goal tender. It's been pulled. a while. It, it's, <laughs> it felt like that was the I was like, oh wow, they can actually score on a, a six on five because, um, yeah, normally when it's six on five, there's less room. It's normally just for flair, but you know, yeah, it was a classic let, teaser goal. Yeah, let you know. I think it was, um, you know, the, it was the six on goal. It was the excuse me, the six on five goal with with Couture, um, you know, facing down on the empty net. It was a really weird bounce again off of a Kraken player, and it just happened to pot on on Couture's, um, you know, stick, and he was able to to you know get his uh, ninth of the season with Burns and Hurdle, uh, getting the assists there. So it was good to see that the team got the goal, and they did really tease us out. Um, you know, there was a good. I would say minute of zone time after that goal where the sharks, I mean, hurdle, if he would have just grabbed that puck and corralled it just a little bit longer, he could have gotten the empty net. But honestly, I don't know what he was thinking. Like, like you're taught, like just from basic, even beginners hockey, never to throw the puck in the middle of the zone, like either pass it up the boards, rely on your forwards, but like, he just blindly threw it up in the middle of the ice yeah. and like, <laughs> yeah. and we could be looking like a total collapse from Seattle and the sharks could be getting at least a point here, but like, you know, yeah, you know, the, that's I, so sharks, I think right? This, <laughs> this, this was just one of those games where like the puck bounces didn't really just go the way for the sharks. And 
you know, a simple dump in and then having a, you know, a, a nice flashy pass for, for Tanev, like that's, that's your game winner. And that's, that's hockey for you. And, um, but you know, one of the big problems this year is just the lack of consistent scoring. Yeah. We've seen, you know, one, two all the time in the third period. And then like, you know, against Calgary, it made, it was like four, one, and that looks great right now. But like, of course, that was two empty netters. Yeah, it was two. You know, it was two one going into that third, and and yeah, the Sharks have been a part of a lot of low scoring games. Something kind of interesting coming up. Um, you know, Hurdle is so gone after this game from Fanatical Teal Bleeder, and and thanks Fanatical for um, you know throwing up that comment. And I I mean I don't think so. You know, again, I think the team is is going to really have that mentality that hey, the the bounces just weren't with us tonight. Now again, I'm saying that there's also some mental, you know, there's some mental fatigue that they gotta fight through and they've got to show me a little bit more character going through that. But by no means is this like a demoralizing loss. I mean, by no means no. is this going to be like, oh, okay, well, now that we've lost to these upstarts, you know, they, they you know, the, the woe is me. I, I don't, I don't get that. And, and I don't get that from this team. I mean, they kept it, they, I mean, they kept it tied through two periods of play. And, I mean, yeah, it was consistent effort for two periods, but like for me, a demoralizing loss is like the games versus Washington, the games oh, versus yeah. Colorado. Um, the like Colorado you're talking one like was really bad. Well, yeah, but like for me, like the Sharks right now have seven games in a row at home. And I believe I said like against Calgary that they had a win four out of the seven to at least stay pace. Um, you know, they won against Dallas, which is kind of shocking, but um, like you should have really gotten a win against Seattle. Yeah. Um now Vancouver is coming in red hot all of a sudden. And we're playing back-to-back games on the 16th and the 21st. And whatever happens with the schedule and the COVID, I'm sure we're going to get into that. But, like, um, this feels like a real missed opportunity. But, like, you know, you're still getting a consistent 40-minute effort. And if they just cashed in those first two periods, um, you would have at least been feeling a lot better um, tonight yeah well uh callie on crook would end uh the the night with the empty netter uh it's his second goal on the season appleton and winberg with the assists there um and you know quickly just kind of running down the stats tonight james reimer 931 save percentage so you can't put this on goaltending i i you know that's the other thing too i think he has been really calming back there really steadied the ship and really kept them in in the first you know in that first 10 minutes of the first period um, looking over on the uh, on the time on ice, uh, we got Brent Burns clocking in at 25, um, not bad, and Eric Carlson coming in at 24:37, Ferraro coming in at 22, Shimmick at 14, or almost 15 minutes, Vlasic at 13, Middleton at 18. So I'm really liking that ice time distribution on the back end. I think it and it really kind of. Yeah. showed you know how defensively cohesive that unit was and i and i don't think that they should be tweaking much more in and around that unit right now i think keep these guys together um because they did do a good job but if we look up on the forward side i mean gadjevich eight minutes and 49 seconds weatherby nine minutes Pedersen yeah. 935 um they were all minus one um i'm looking at their face-off percentages not good um yeah for me like if you're looking at just time on ice like 
Um, Nieto only has about 16 minutes of ice time. And I thought he was consistent for with every shift. Um, and I would have liked to see him, maybe you shuffle him up to the third or second line, just see if that creates a spark. But um, to get back to the de- defense one second, like Vlasic only 13 minutes. Um, and again, he's playing with Simic, but like Simic had a great game tonight, I thought, in my book. Um, and normally... Um, this season, Eric Carlson's been playing about 22 minutes, 23 minutes. Um, I don't know if there's something wrong with Velasquez again because 13 minutes for for what you're paying for is just not good enough. Um, and we can get into Eric Carlson. We can get into like what was happening. I think it was going like, to be. I, I mean, honestly, I, I I didn't see any kind of like injury or or anything kind of like that. But what I did see was again kind of the overconfidence from Eric Carlson. And if you're going to give Eric Carlson extra minutes, it's got to come at come at somebody's expense. Yeah. Like again, like I just you would figure maybe he gets more than that, sixteen, seventeen, but. Um, just to spell Eric Carlson a little bit, and maybe that's hats off to Seattle because there was a stretch, like we talked about in the third period, where they really did keep um, that line on for a good two minutes. So maybe that's just game flow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I again, I see that lack of of execution mentally, and it you know like presents itself to me. Is or are those um, you know are those shift links? I, uh, to me, that's really when when I see the team is engaged and when I see the team is really wanting to, you know, move the puck in the same direction on any given night. I just look at how quick they are to um, get off the ice, how quick they are to move up the puck. And again, I think we should also give a little bit of hats off to the Kraken because they played a very, you know, stifling brand of, of play. And it was very reminiscent of Coyotes, you know, how the Coyotes play. And, um, you know, I, I think that there's a little bit to be said about their effort, too. But again, I think you just look at the, the disparage in talent and, and you look at what the Sharks have and, and what the Kraken have. You're just left with the bitter taste in your mouth. And again, whether we want to say it's, you know, if, if it's a mental thing or if we want to say it's, um, you know, has to do with um, the way in which, you know, maybe some some coaching and implementation stuff as well um but yeah i think at the end of the day these are two points that you needed to have and and you need to i mean this is the last team in the division so you have to cash in on these points yeah um i mean the longer this momentum goes for the sharks i don't know what's going to happen with hurdle that's like because in my book like if the sharks wind up keeping hurdle and they make the playoffs and they lose in the first round like what's the point? Like we've we've been through that, and if there's a handshake deal between Doug and Hurdle to give him X amount of dollars, um, I wonder what it is. Because yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. Because I think it start, now we're going to start to play a little bit into a little bit more of the schedule keeping and stuff from the NHL and kind of what's been going on. But you've got um, you know some now some COVID news coming up that a lot of teams are 
you know, getting players put onto the, the COVID list. I think, what, it's up to seven teams now have players on the COVID list? Seven teams. Let me just look up. Go ahead. Yeah, and um, now that so, there's, yeah. there's some con- considerations on um, the Beijing Olympics and how much time they'll need to quarantine um, because I think the, the quarantines have now gone up to three weeks uh, overseas. So now we're talking about having to, um, you know, cancel the players participation in the games um, and maybe using the, the time as the buffer to make up for some of these games that we're missing. But Al, if we start to see a rise in increase in the in the cases, do do you think we're got another shutdown on the table? Okay, so the seven teams are Boston, Calgary, Carolina, and Carolina is, seems like it's getting worse right now. Colorado, Edmonton, New York Islanders, and they've been dealing with that for about two weeks. And Vancouver, um, there's been 21 players in the last 36 hours, um, and. Currently, right now, the Hurricanes and Wild game has been postponed. Yeah. So, um, of course, the Sharks just played um, Minnesota, but it's more or less a tribute to the Hurricanes who are dealing with a COVID surge. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's like, going to happen because when the players you know, did the CBA again, one of their main things that they wanted was to go to the Olympics. And... It's sounding right now that that players like McDavid are still interested in going, but of course, like um, I think over the weekend, um, Vegas defenseman Alex Petrangelo was saying that he wouldn't go because the NHL has kind of been rumoring to put a three-week, um, I think what they called it, a three-week quarantine for players returning back, and they've kind of made it clear that. Um, for players playing in the Olympics, they don't get any money. It's basically up to them to actually do it. Yeah. So this little break right here, um, actually, there's also an all-star game that's right before that. Too. Right, so. right. And, and the trade <laughs> like, deadline there's... is right in there as well. So that's kind of where I was getting at was, you know, there's a lot of moving parts right now. And I don't know if that's a good thing for the hurdle talks or if it's uh, – you know, maybe it's kind of more of a wait and see because I feel like that that has been how they've approached the entire year so far. Yeah. Um, but I think getting back to the question and getting back to the chat, I still think that if you are um, going to somehow get rid of Evander Kane, that you've got to bring back Hurdle at this point. I, I, I from a pure talent forward on the talent forward side of things, the team just can't lose two of their top, you know, top five scorers and still expect to make a playoff run. And I don't see the team mortgaging him off. One, I think he's all, you know, I think he's important to the culture of the club. And I think he's important to to selling tickets as well, you know, from what, you know, what few tickets that have been getting sold. Yeah, and, that's that's a different topic. But, but I mean, I, I think there are a lot of things that to me are, are spelling that a hurdle is more likely to resign than to walk at this point, especially the way in which they're handling Kane. Um, 
I was one on, on kind of more of the pessimistic side. I was like, look, I think he might be even back into the, you know, back on the, the roster uh, at some point because, you know, they're, this is a team that's, that's kind of frugal with their money. They don't like paying players that they don't, you know, that are not playing. And, and I just took a really pessimistic view of the front office and, and they have actually surprised me in, in that, yeah. you know, they've kept him in the, in the NA or in the AHL. And, um, I think I think if the team it wasn't performing as well, like let's say they get off to a cracking start where they like start nine and fifteen at this point, I think you bring back Kane and do all that. But like again, Kane has not made it easy for the Sharks either. Where his three teams that he put on his trade list were, were of course Winnipeg, Buffalo, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's just not going to happen. And Wait, I think he put those Kane's... three teams on his list. Yep. Yep. Why would he want to go back to Winnipeg? Because he's making it impossible to move. And also, I, I think that there's probably some movement for him to basically make, make put a few more teams in there. But honestly, I don't know. And I'm sick and tired of talking about Kane because he, Kane's a different subject altogether. But I think the reason why I bring him up is because that's where the money's coming from, right? I mean, if... I mean, I think what you do instead is you trade Simic... Um, you get that contract off the books. You look at players like um, just Nieto, maybe you t- take him off the books. You take some of your short-term contracts and you free up cat space that way for Hurdle. And right now it's looking like potentially seven to nine million for Hurdle, my book. If you ask for 10, that's just outrageous. But um, It's got to be at least like, seven and a half. I think, I think seven and a half is where they start playing ball. Yeah. Like that's... Like, I believe Hurdle was what eight or no Hurdle? Couture is eight. Yeah, um, yeah, and so. I would assume that he's gonna get like a similar, um, you know, a similar type deal as Hurdle. It's really hard for me to put a, um, you know, to put a. a percentage on it at this um, point for me i i think i'm still of the opinion okay i think you... somehow you got put guys internet i i guess <laughs> we're back uh we hope that you're uh that you're back around with us um <laughs> i don't yeah i don't know what happened well, what the hell happened i i have no idea um, i've never seen anything like that uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe five G. Maybe it's maybe it's the rain. I who 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 the hell knows? Um, but it was so so we're back. So we were we were just yeah. I guess lamenting the fact that the sharks didn't get those points tonight. Um, and, yeah. and going going over you know how that affected the whole trade watch with hurdle and I like I said I don't think it affects it all that much and I still think we're in the wait and see mode at this point. Yeah, um, like again, like it's not. I don't think Kane's much of a factor here. I think anything, if you're looking for for a time to move Kane, it's during the offseason. And, like, I think the worst-case scenario for the Sharks is if they trade for Hurdle, trade Kane's contract with the, you know, they try to split it three ways. Hurdle's going to have all the advantage in the world. So, like, honestly, the biggest issue would be, like, hey, trade your first-round draft pick, and do all this stuff, but like if Hurdle's gonna still gonna demand a nine point five to ten, I don't know what you do. 
so do you think in your opinion then if at at this point if Kane is still on the books Hurdle's team is in a position to not ask for as much is that kind of what you're saying and if I mean, and if he's Hurdle's not on the books then he'll ask for more I mean honestly like I don't think Kane's much a factor because just because like I think Simic is going to be gone I think the Sharks are going to find a way to create cap space for his cap head yeah um you know I think that's the bigger issue um, but it all depends on how much he asks. If he asks more than nine, nine point five, like in my book, I would definitely trade your hurdle and get, you know, maybe a first round draft pick, maybe, maybe a first and a second, it depending on the team. Um, I'm not in the fan of going through the long season, going through the, what happened with COVID. And just for the Sharks to make the playoffs and lose for four. <laughs> oh, I love a jerk. Um, if Hurdle demands 9.5 to 10, you tell him to take a hike. Did he turn into a yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's essentially what I'm saying. Like, uh, Yeah, but you know what, dude? I mean, honestly, I look at a team like Boston where they're salivating over Tomas Hurdle. Like, the, I, I tuned into a, into one of the national games and and you're you're they're talking uh, oh you know the 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 Boston Bruins are targeting Hurdle and you know he they want to make him the cornerstone of the future or whatever and I wouldn't put put it past Jeremy Jacobs to offer him ten million dollars. I mean honestly, like the reason why Boston is still one of the consistent you know contenders is that like you know Marchant, all those frontline players have all <laughs> kind of taken. Club friendly deal. Uh, Marty T. Check German gold jacket, green jacket. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it, it just seems like they have a really good um, rapport with Czech players over in Boston. And uh, true. Yeah, and and I and I think that that should also be kind of highlighted too. Well, let's go over the uh, uh, you know the favorite part of uh, of the show, shall we? Let's do it. <clears throat> Well, it's that time that you know and love. It is time for your NHL reach around and speak of the devil as we were talking about those Boston Bruins. The Golden Knights beat the Bruins 4-1. to Shea Theodore, Max Pacioretty, Marcheseau, and Pacioretty again in the second period were your scoring for the Golden Knights. And they beat the Bruins 4-1. to The Lightning take a game against the Kings in overtime 3-2. to Victor Hedman... Uh, Radish and uh, Joseph with your goals there for the Lightning. You're going over now to the Eastern Conference. The Senators and Panthers. Oh my goodness, the Senators beat up on the Panthers 8-2. to Watson, Gambrell, Norris, Stutzla, Norris again, Batherson, Kachuk, and Paul all with your goals for the Senators. The Panthers only mustering two goals. Uh, Hubert and Reinhardt. Now over to some Metro Division shenanigans. The Flyers beat up on the Devils six to one. Sandheim Atkinson, Justin Braun, Cam Atkinson, Limbaum, and uh, Cam Atkinson again with the six goals for the Flyers. They beat again the Devils six to one. The Canadians lose to the Penguins five to two. Uh, Kapanen. Uh, 
road, road, I don't know. I can't read that one. Matheson, Dumoulin, and Boyle with the goals. I, I, I'm guessing Rodigue? Rodigue? I don't know. 5-2 uh, to uh, against the Canadians. The Penguins beating them. Uh, Red Wings beat the Islanders 2-1. to one. Larkin and uh, Rasmussen with the goals for the Red Wings. The Sabres beat the Jets 4-2. to two. Dolan, Bjork, Dolan, and Skinner with the goals for the Sabres. The Blues beat the Stars 4-1 to one with uh, Pareko, Falk, O'Reilly, and Tarasenko with the goals for the Blues. The Avalanche beat the Rangers 4-2. Miko Rantanen, Kale McCarr, uh, Nachushkin with two goals for the Avalanche. The Maple Leafs beat the Oilers 5-1. Austin Matthews with two goals. Simmons, Brody, and Riley with with the other goals. The Canucks beat the Blue Jackets 4-3, and I think... Uh, Al had mentioned that the uh, Canucks are starting to heat up coming into San Jose. Very, very interesting what that game is going to c- kind of come to look like on Thursday. Uh, Horvat, Pedersen, uh, Pot Colson, and Horvat with the goals. And yeah, I mean, you've got now a, Can- a Canucks team kind of on the roll here coming in. Um, quickly, Al, what are your thoughts on that game? And, and where do you think the Sharks are going to? going to be at where do you think the headspace will be i mean again it's back-to-back games the 16th and 21st there's a nice little break between whatever happens right now they have a lot of momentum i think they really need to win this game and then see what happens going forward um again both games are at home um and you know like before the season started uh, a lot of people were picking vancouver to at least make it to the wild card um i was one of them and I like Patterson. I like Hughes. I like Hughes a lot. And they have a lot of talent. And I don't know if, again, Vancouver is a very rough hockey town to deal with. But, like, um, you know, they changed their coach. They changed their GM. They changed a lot of things. And things seem to be getting back on the right track. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Edmonton, um, excuse me, I think Vancouver, um, really is going to wake up a little bit and get that that dead cap bounce from all of the changes and i think maybe the team is is starting to respond to the the fact that they're playing for jobs now i mean you're getting a new totally new regime coming in and and they're gonna take a look at everything so we'll see and we'll see uh you know again how the sharks respond i hope that they come out with some piss and vinegar in their game and, and really put it to them in the first 10 minutes of that first period for the sharks um, because these these weak starts um, have been uh, you know have been the Achilles heel I think for the team um, and they've gotten better as the, as the game goes on and again that's really good to see those signs of growth but now you got to start putting the whole game together and uh, you yeah. know, start making some hay against the division opponents especially because we don't get a lot of division opponents up until you know second half of the season um, now so with that loss tonight the sharks now fall 15 13 and one with 31 points they're fifth in the Pacific division uh, still one point out of a wild card spot so the sharks really do need to uh, you know make up some ground and, and get back into this fight Al uh, final thoughts and, and uh, where the people can find you uh, I thought it was a great 40 minute effort same shame that they kind of uh, ruined it in the last 20 minutes but um you know, there were some good things in there, but 
Um, overall, it needs to just be a little bit more consistent and just finish the chances. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Al Martinet. I'm always talking hockey. Um, I will probably see you on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, and uh, my uh, I'm at Eric Landy across all the social media garbage using my first name. That's E-R-I-K-L-A-N-D-I. As far as my final thoughts go, I just really need to see some better mental execution from the team. Um, I think, again, the team's got to really start coming out um, with a little bit more fire in the bellies in that first period. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, for all of us, uh, we appreciate you checking us out. Uh, in case you missed us, check us out across all of the different podcasting platforms. That would be the Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, the YouTube Replay, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, and, of course, iHeartRadio. And uh, let's see if I can get this right, shall we? <laughs> let's keep it real. Let's keep it teal. Let's keep it real, Teal. Uh, thanks, everybody, and uh, we will see you after the game on Thursday.